evening, everybody. Uh, this is uh, episode three of the Guitar Gear Locker, and I'm happy to say that our, our guest tonight is a longtime friend of mine, Steve McQuaid of CMC Guitars. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, Alex. Good to be here, brother. Good to see yeah, you, Rod. Yeah. Um, well, I guess first of all, you know, usually to start off with um, a two-part question, and yeah. uh, basically that would be, you know, do you remember when it was that um, you got that bug for music? And when was there a moment when you were like, you know what, I'm going to be a guitar player? That's what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's a really good question, man. I've never had someone ask that. But yeah, that absolutely. There, there, was, there was that moment. And it's actually like right out of a TV show. Um, mm -hmm. You ever see the TV show Goldbergs? Yeah. You ever see? Yeah. yeah, yeah. With, yeah, Adam Goldberg. There, well, there's a scene in there where the uh, Adam uh, Adam Goldberg's sister gets turned on to prog rock, and like she's like dissing on it. You're, so there's a kid on that show that's like, "Oh, you don't you don't know what good music is. You listen to all kinds of garbage stuff. Let me let me bring you into the world of prog rock." And she's like, "Oh, whatever, you know, blah blah blah, you know." So she, they go into his car, and you know, and they they make it all dramatic. They put put the tape in and then boom, Tom Sawyer hits and you see her mm -hmm. eyes just go boom. That was me. I was over my, um, my friend's house. Uh, I was actually like 12 years old and my mom was, uh, uh, helping out, uh, 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 you know, a, a friend, they had a, they had a, a disabled uh, child. My, this one friend I had, had a, uh, his brother had some disabilities where he needed to have, uh, uh, you know, physical therapy done. And so the, the local neighborhood women would come around and they would put him on the table and everything. But when my mom would go over there, I would go hang out. I think it was, I was younger than 12. I think it was, I was 10. Um, my buddy uh, had a boom box. He had, we had a fort built under a picnic table. He had a boom box. His older cousin had given him a copy of moving pictures. And he's like, and I'm friends with his older cousin to the, this day, but he said, dude, you got to check this out. He put that tape in and the opening note to Tom Sawyer came on. And my, I was just like, Oh my God, what is this? I, this is what I want to do. I want to be a guitar player. So that was, that was, I remember it plain as day. Like I was just like, I went to the mall, uh, that next week I had my, my paper route money. I bought, three albums you know when you're you don't know much of anything right i um so i bought moving pictures i liked the song rosanna by toto so i bought that and that album turned out to be and i was like yeah and then the I'm other a guitar player oh, <laughs> but check this out so there was i had money to buy one more album i was like oh man i remember i saw merciful fates uh the ep with the nun you know yeah yeah, yeah. But I knew I could not get that into the house, right? There was no way. I was altar boy. My dad, I, I would have been dead. So I was like, oh, yeah. man, that's killer. But remember back, there was no internet back then in the 80s, right? So, yeah. so I saw this other album cover. I was like, that is a badass-ass album cover. I took it home, and I, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. It had this demon on the front and riding a motorcycle, and I was like, and I couldn't, I put it on the turntable and I get paradise by the dashboard light. I was so pissed off. <laughs> I was like, what? It was meatloaf. Basically, it was meatloaf spat out of hell. 
And I, I was going to gravitating towards heavier stuff then, and then I and no dig on meatloaf if people like meatloaf, but that the ten year old rocker in me was I was you know it was at my paper route money, and I I broke the album. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so so many people have that same story about meatloaf that I've talked. Do they really? We're all you know around the same age group and growing up in the seventies and. And like, oh, you know, I got meatloaf, and I was so disappointed. I thought it was going to be this and that, and it was like you know, you know, Molly Hatchet. Hatchet. I got Molly Hatchet. You know? Yes, right. And I should. Molly Hatchet. I should. I don't I have a problem with Molly Hatchet. Hatchet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, that was, I was, let's I was, not leave out the meatloaf that did the ballots in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but that that was that was my moment. It was Rush moving pictures, and then after that, I. I you know, I discovered Pink Floyd, yes, and then you know my foray in the metal was probably like a lot of you guys. It was Iron Maiden, um, mm -hmm. Judas Priest. That was, you know, that was the, the you know the the entry level stuff. And and then I still listen to that stuff to this day. It's still incredible. But that's that was the stepping stone. And then I did end up going back and get merciful, getting Merciful Fate, and that was. That was another experience too. I wasn't ready for that when I was like thirteen. I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know, I used to have to turn down. You know, nuns have no fun. In fact, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> as a kid, like you know, on that one part of the song, you know, oh for sure, you, you know, yep. and uh, back up again, so my mom won't hear. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. My my first the with Merciful Fate when I got uh, Melissa. I actually won Melissa. Um, you know, on Wildwood Boardwalk, uh, mm -hmm. for people who aren't from the area, there's you know, Jersey Shore has the Wildwood uh, Boardwalk, which is the biggest boardwalk in the in the country, you I think. So. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, um, you, hit, you had to win them. The, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I put my thing, the spinning yeah. thing, the, I put yeah. the quarter down, and yeah, I won. I could pick out any any tape I won. They had all these tapes back there. And of course, I zeroed on in on Melissa. You know, and I remembered from earlier, I was like, oh, the nuns had no fun, you know, that, that EP. I'm like, oh, this looks cool. And I never forget, I, my parents, we were renting a house down in Wildwood for the, for the week with my parents. And, and I remember popping that on. And I wasn't like, you gotta remember, this is like 1985 or something, really? like or 83. Yeah. Well, I, I got it a little bit later. But mm -hmm. but maybe it was like for me it was like eighty five or so so there was no internet or anything so I, I'm good Catholic altar boy I have some Iron Maiden experience and then you hear mm -hmm. King Diamond he's like hail Satan and I'm just like I had like you know my my blood ran cold I never heard anything like that and I was just like but I I need to hear some more and I, I was I was hooked you know from that point on wow that's awesome is there do you remember um... You know, what was your first guitar and what was your first real guitar? You know, because we usually a lot of us start with, you know, the Joker with difference. The, the action yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. My, my first guitar was like a nylon string guitar. And I was told, you know, I begged my parents. They're like, well, you got to do the acoustic thing first. And if you stick with it for a year. And I hated it because you're reading out of the Mel Bay book. Remember the old Mel Bay? Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I talked so, about that last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, this is like right after my Russia experience. And I hated it, didn't bomb with the teacher, and I dumped it. And then I came back 
like a year later, I begged my parents to get me an electric. And so my first electric was a cheap one. It was, a, uh, I think like a Korean, uh, Les Paul knockoff. It was black with gold hardware, but mm -hmm. did you like the, the cheap guitars back then? And I know you guys know that, or they were way different than the cheap guitars today. Today, the cheap yeah. guitars that you can, you can get a good guitar for 300 bucks. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah. you know, a little stop and you're good. But you guys know when we were kids, those cheap guitars, they were, they were a mess. So what I'm finding out is we all had the same damn guitars. Yeah, we really did. <laughs> Everybody had the Sears of Roebuck acoustic electric and then a Japanese yeah. made Les Paul. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. Was. And I always say mine's in the closet right behind me. Yeah. Yeah. So mine, I, I ended up getting rid of that, but my first real guitar after that, and I wish I still had it was a seventies, uh, uh, Strat. Uh, it was a three-tone sunburst, and uh, it was a USA. And that, yeah, that was my main guitar for a bit. And sadly, I I sold it uh, for a Kramer Pacer. Uh, but you know, because I was getting, I was more into metal. And back then, I didn't understand anything. All I knew is I couldn't get heavy sounds with that guitar. And yeah, you know, so I was like, I wanted to, you know up my game with some humbuckers and um uh, and i yeah obviously that was whoever got that strat got a good deal and i probably overpaid for my, that kramer but you know whatever right, <laughs> but it right. but that was my stepping stone so i went i had a 70 strat and i had that for a few years and then you know got better on that and got the kramer and then that was my main guitar through high school and stuff like that so yeah nice it was um did you have a band back then or you know like yeah yeah I played, yeah i played uh you know with some friends we had you know everybody has the the friend he's actually you know my best friend uh to stay still uh who's the bass mm -hmm. player in that band and i think everybody has the group of friends where uh one neighborhood kid played drums i played guitar we needed a bass player so i said al you play bass and <laughs> Right. Had no desire to play bass, but he's like, okay. And he actually became an incredible bass player, but that wouldn't have happened because we, we needed a bass player. And you always talk to bass players, and that's typically – nobody goes in saying, I want to play bass. It usually yeah, right. thrust on them because nobody else right. wants to do it. Right. right but right. an incredible instrument, and kudos to all the great bass players who did, you know dig into it, and he, he dug into it. So we had a – a three piece. We had, you know, a bit, and we, we ended up getting a singer and yeah, it was, I had a high school band. Um, and then after high school, um, uh, to, uh, the other high school kind of rival band, the, a couple members from that band and a couple members from my band, we got together and made a band, uh, it's called 11, 11. And we played all through the nineties and we recorded like five CDs toured over in, in Europe a bit. It was like more alternative, uh, rock type of stuff, which I loved and I was proud of, but you know, we were, we were, our timing was all off because we, we had more of an English type sound. And in the, the early nineties, it was grunge, right? So we were, you know, we had more of a, you know, cure, like some cure influences, some, um, you know, Depeche mode type of stuff, but it was, it was guitar driven right. and with keyboards laced in it, but it was, you know, in the nineties, if you, you know, if you had keyboards in your band and it was just like, 
you know. You know yeah. So. yeah. But yeah, wow, we had fun. Awesome. It sounds like you your know, musical I'm, taste is I'm kind of. Special. Oh, I'm sorry, Roger. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, besides being, you know, successful, which, you know, with your company, CMC Guitars, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to, um, you know, you've done a lot, you know, like, like you said, with your first band and then uh, and a wide variety of music as well, which, yeah. which I think That's is what awesome. I was at. You know, yeah. we, all three of us, I can say here, we're all pretty much all over the spectrum, music lovers, you know, and uh so I know you've done. Um, you have your Genesis show, show that you do. That's, yeah, that's wow, really successful. I, I think, and uh, also you had a band called Relic that you put yeah. in with like a Death Rash band. Death Rash band, um, yeah. yeah could, I, I, could you tell me a little bit how that yeah. both of these projects happened for you? Yeah, for sure. So um, out of high school, uh, it, through college and I went to college for a bit, I ended up dropping out, but I actually went to school for music. I started, I studied classical guitar and jazz guitar because, um, yeah, I, I, I love classical. I love jazz. Um, uh, and, uh, but you know, it, the way my musical journey went, it started off with Prague, uh, and then quick, you know, very quickly, like in those early teen years, I adopted metal as well. So I was, you know, prog and metal side by side. And I had a guitar teacher who was turning me on to jazz on the side and classical and teaching me classical alongside of it. And then, you know, you had, you know, certain guitar players who were classically influenced. So that, you know, like Malmsteen and the Vinnie Moores and the, the shred stuff. So I was, mm -hmm. that kind of got me into straight ahead nylon string classical playing. So I did that really heavily for about four years. Wow. And, uh, and then, but while that was going on, I had the alternative band, 1111, all through the 90s. Um, and uh, we also played the, you know, the club circuit. We did a tour over in Europe. Um, but we also, we started playing covers to make money at the Jersey Shore. And that kind of sucked me into that whole scene. So I, I did that for about four years. And then uh, when the 2000s hit, I was basically... I, kind of had a day job for the like uh, you know like 2000 through 2010 right and mm -hmm. during that time um it, it's it's strange because i ended up meeting uh, uh bob paperno uh who you know alex who's uh, one of the the other guitar player in relic he was in I, the it services field and i was working in it at that time in sales and he actually became one of my customers and it's funny, the first time I ever met him, I walked in and he had long hair down to his ass. And I was in like a suit and tie going into this company trying to, you know, trying to sell them, you know, call center software and stuff like that. And and I was sitting across from him and I'm like, dude, are you you into you in the metal? And he's like, yeah. And he, he tries to pick. I was like, well, what kind? And he tries to pick like, you know, when you don't know somebody, I'm in a suit and tie, he tries to pick something homogenized. He's like. Oh, you know, like Metallica, you know, he threw out another name, uh, you know, that was kind of generic. And I said, oh, you like to have your stuff like Morbid Angel. And, and I started throwing like obituary and he's like, actually more like that. And so this was like around 2000, uh, 2004, 2005. And they were in the studio uh, recording. Uh, and, and Craig Smolowski was in the band as well from... Uh, yeah, Emulation, you know, Craig, you played with him, uh, you yeah, know, great drummer. And, um, 
and uh, our guitar player, I think, had just quit or something, and he asked, hey, you want to try laying down a guitar solo for one of our songs? So he sent me the music, and I put, basically, it was they had a lot of the, the basic tracks recorded, and he gave me a section of music to write a guitar solo over, and I... I did it and I presented it to them and they liked it and offered me a position. And now here's the funny thing. I was never, I'd never played in a metal band before until Relic. Oh, wow. Wow. Never, never played. Now I played metal, you know, in my bed, right? I had, I had hundreds of gigs under my belt in 11, 11 and other, other bands and stuff, jazz gigs, classical, but you know, but I'd never played in them. And I, I looked at it as a challenge, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, to, and say, so, yeah, we recorded a few albums and uh, did some really cool stuff, had them released. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, that kind of, that project fell apart. I, Craig moved away and that was, he was kind of the linchpin, you know, uh, of it. And when, when he wasn't in it anymore, we we actually ended up getting another drummer and now we're we're it's all the same guys except for Craig and we still love Craig but he's down in Florida right. and uh mm-hmm. we're doing more uh, doom metal type of stuff it has some of that old relic thrash death stuff in it but it's a little slowed down a little more groove oriented you know uh nice. but fun, you know yeah I'd love to hear it man actually oh, yeah for sure yeah we're getting ready to uh, it's a, a start recording uh, soon, so yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that. So, oh, awesome! And you're still active in the Genesis show, right? Oh yeah, that's the, yeah. The other thing, yeah, I back in uh, I want to say 2000 around the time I was talking to, to uh, started talking to Bob, uh, I'd seen an ad out for a gen. There was a Genesis tribute band in Philly. Uh, uh, a friend of a friend said they needed somebody to guitar tech for them for a couple of shows. And I was like, I always loved the old Genesis stuff and they were doing the old Gabriel uh, era stuff. So I went and guitar tech for him for a couple of shows and then actually ended up getting invited to be in that band uh, and stayed with them for about four years. And that kind of fell apart. And then I took a couple members out from that and started the Genesis show where we focus in on the, uh, the Phil Collins years from 1976 through to uh, 82. So it's not the super pop stuff. So it's still proggy. Right. And they, yeah. we have the two drummers and uh, yeah, our singer jumps back and forth, uh, you know, from the drum kit to, and, and yeah. And we, we play small, you know, mid-side theaters, you know, thousand seaters. And we saw, you know, we've sold out the last three gigs and, the cool thing about it is what we're doing. There's no other band in the U S doing what we're doing and actually in the world because it's very niche oriented. So mm-hmm. I think there's people who haven't heard this music live in a long time. Yeah. You, you know, since Genesis did it. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I, uh, yeah, so we, we found a niche and yeah, it's, it's a good money maker and we have fun and really enjoy the doing the music. Right. So I, you know, I know some people say, oh, you do other people's music. But, you know, I just do the way I look at it. I, I just, if I'm enjoying it, yeah, then I'll, I'll do yeah. it. That's what it's all yeah. about. If I'm not enjoying yeah. it, I ain't doing it. 
right? You so, know, and I, I got to tell you, you know, the I, I watched uh, a lot of those videos last night, and one stood out, Abacab, man. It took me right back to high school, like Cruz. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You all that, sounded spot on, too. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's a fun one to play. I always like doing that guitar solo at the end. Yeah. And uh, a yeah. cool story, like I had um, – Last year, we played the Keswick Theater out in Glenside, PA. It's like 1,300 seats. We sold it out. We had a fan come up, and this was one of these kind of pinch-me moments. He had uh, the uh, – Steve Hackett was the main guitar player in Genesis until 76, and then they went to a three-piece, and they got a guy by the name of Daryl Sturmer to be their touring guitar player. So he – Daryl Sturmer came on in 78 and stayed with him till the end, but – he had a SunTech guitar. It was a Japanese, uh, you know, like Strat knockoff type, but really well-made guitar mm -hmm. that he used from 78 through to like 82. He actually recorded in the air tonight because he was Phil's guitar player, studio guitar player. So that guitar recorded in the air tonight. Uh, if you go, if you watch all the, any of the Genesis live videos from that time period, like the three sides live videos, you know, ones recorded the Spectrum, uh, the Duke tour, uh, 1980 tour, Daryl's playing that guitar on stage. Well, this fan had that guitar and he brought it up for me to play at the show. Wow. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm sitting there holding this guitar. I was like, this is the guitar that played on the studio album played in the air tonight. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm playing the 1980 show that only probably only me and Daryl in the world have played these songs in that order, on this guitar, right. you know, and I was, this was one of those kind of cool moments that I'm like, ah, this is sometimes, you know, yeah. And you know, Alex, like, like you're living the, the dreams, you know, playing out on the big stages and stuff like that. And, and sometimes you can get a little, sometimes you forget that you're doing something really cool because you're in it and you, you sometimes mm -hmm. take it for granted. And sometimes you're, Every once in a while, you get one of those moments where you take a step back and say, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Right? And that, yeah, that was, yeah. you know, yeah. that's a cool story. Did you, did you tell him he, he wasn't getting his guitar back? Did you tell <laughs> yeah, the guy that? It's funny, man. <laughs> it all happened in a whirlwind. I want to reach out to him. I want to see if I can get that guitar again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really, it played incredible. And uh, I was nervous how it was going to sound through the rig, but then I, I kind of, I tried to duplicate Daryl's rig as much as I could from what I, from what I could garner. So it's funny when I plugged that guitar into all the stuff that I had, it just like it dialed in the sound that much more, right. you know, wow. it was awesome. interesting. He had old, uh, uh, Bill Lawrence pickups, the, uh, the dime bag oh, there, yeah. you know, uh, was it the mm -hmm. L 500? Um, mm -hmm. was, he, he had two, the old school ones, the ones that like Daryl, uh, uh, Dimebag Daryl liked, uh, but yeah, they're really in, they're great pickups, um, you know. And it just uh, yeah, they sound incredible in that guitar and uh, very versatile too. But a lot of people don't know, but uh, Alex Lifeson used that pickup in in his uh, Super Strat that you know the Hunter Sportscaster. He had that black and white one and the mirror pickguard Strat from yeah. like the, I remember you know, that yeah, short, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bill Lawrence pickups in it. Uh, and obviously dime did, but yeah, it, but it's capable of real heavy, but has a nice round throaty sound to it. So yeah, it actually, was uh, Eric, Eric Rutan 
has uh, some of the old Bill Lawrence pickups. Too. Oh, does he really? Wow. So uh, I love that pickup, and um, I, I really, really do. And I, I have, I have an original pickup. It's not in a guitar right now, but I, I had it in that uh, Japanese Jackson that I had. Uh, you know, I was mm -hmm. telling you about. I, I had it, had it in that guitar for a while. So I'll, I'll use that guitar. Like I'll swap different pickup pickups out in and out to try different things. But yeah, I love that pickup. Wow, oh, awesome. Cool story. And I guess, you know, we'll get to uh, CMC guitars. And I don't know if you remember, but I do remember when you told me that you were going to leave your job and you were going to start this company. Oh, and yeah. You were, you were, you know, I could tell you were and you, you know, a little nervous, you know, about it. It's a big step so, to take when you. So you know. we're talking IT, the IT job now? Yeah. Yeah. I left that. I was uh, I was a VP of sales for 12 years at a company. I basically left that probably with one of the coolest things and dumbest things I've ever done in my life. But it's, you know, taken me down a path that uh, I guess less travel, but it, it's been really cool. But I, I quit my job with my wife. We just given birth to her. Uh, uh, our, our first uh, our daughters were both preemie girls. So she had to leave her job. She was a school teacher to stay home, and I left my high-paying job to start this boneheaded guitar company. It was it was stupid, but we made it through and uh, and built a kind of a cool thing. And uh, wow. looking back on it, you know, it was a lot. It was bumpy, and but you know, I'm glad glad I did it. So yeah, and, and that's awesome. Now all these years later, he here you are. You know, yeah, I'm still standing right. <laughs> Can you get into it? How that how that happened? How did how did CMC start? And how, you know. yeah, well, it's funny. I had had um, true story. I had no intention of starting a guitar company. I was um, I wanted to go to NAM, right? I wanted to go to the NAM show, but I didn't really know. Well, I I knew a music store owner. Uh, I've known him for years. I wasn't particularly close with him, but we went to the same high school, all that kind of stuff. Right. And I knew, you know, the dealers could get in, uh, but I didn't have any other connections. Right. You know, so I, you know, at that time in my life, I was not really plugged into anything. In fact, if anything, I was pretty removed. So I contacted right. him. I was like, Hey man, you go into the NAM show this year. I always wanted to go. Um, can you get me a ticket to it? And he was like, nah, man, because he wasn't going. He's like, nah, I guess I, I, he was like, I don't know if he thought I was going to, you know, go with his company name and like, you know, tear the place up and, you know, <laughs> and I have his name tag on. Right. And he's like, you know, I give him a bad name at NAM show. Right. So he told me no. And I was like, I don't like when people tell me no or tell me I can't do something. So I was like, all right, well. Let me see. What do I got to do to get to the NAM show? So I contacted NAM and they said, Oh, you need to be a dealer of something and you got to have a company website. Now, this is the NAM shows in January. Now, this is, I want to say, 2008, I want to say. And mm -hmm. th this was all going down like in November, right, of 2007, I guess, or whatever, 2008, 2000, right in that time frame. Mm -hmm. So I thought, so they said, okay, so I need a website. I got to show some products up and uh, got to have a legit registered business. So literally I, I 
contacted U.S. Music Corp. and signed up to sell some accessories. I built a website really quick. I sent in my New Jersey paperwork to incorporate just to get to the NAM show. That's all I wanted to do. You could see that one where that was going a mile away. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I had no intention. All I really wanted to do is go to NAM. That's it. And nobody would help me. So I said, screw this. I'm all right. You need a company? I'll start a company real quick. I can do that and get have the paperwork registered in a couple days. Just go open up a yeah. bank account, throw some stuff up on eBay. I built the website and then Nam looked at it and like, all right, you're legit. Come on in. So yeah. I got my plane ticket. I went out there and I started, I got the bug. I'm like, this is cool as hell. I got to meet rock stars and, you know, I'm rubbing elbows. And I forgot, you know, when I was in corporate America and I still do, you know, I, I dabble in corporate America still. Uh, I still do stuff in that. But at, at that time, I had been far removed from, you know, that stuff. And it just, it, I got the bug. And so I start, you know, I went up, I talked to Jackson because I was a love Jackson Charvel. Long story short, I picked up the lines and started building it out, came home. And for a couple years, I, I still worked my day job. And, and I got it to the point where I thought I could springboard off. And I did. And. I haven't looked back. So that's, wow. that's how it went. That's, again, but totally, I had no intention of doing this. Yeah, it was. But it's, wow, yeah. It, is. it is. Man, what a hard charger, man. Yeah, that was, yeah, I get something in my head and I'm just like, you ain't stopping me. And, I love it. Until I hit a brick it, wall and I knock my feelings out. sometimes, but you get things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> places. Well, yeah, it's like anything in life. You know, you got You got to put yourself out there and you put your best foot forward. And, and yeah. you know, if you see something you want, you know, nobody's yeah. going to come ask you. You got to go, yeah. you know, got to go do it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, sure. when, when we're talking just just for me, because I, I, I know and we talked a little bit, of course, before, but CMC Guitars was a guitar company that sold guitars and now it's parlaying into something else. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we've, we've, yeah, we're Jackson Charvel dealer, you know, all the custom shop stuff, Fender custom shop. We've done PRS, uh, BC rich Dean, uh, even dabbled in ESP, which I, I love the ESP stuff. You know, we've, we've done a little bit of everything, but the bread and butter has been, you know, for us, mostly Jackson Charvel Fender custom shop. Um, you know, we've dealt it with some of the different amps, uh, the EVH line, which they make great amps uh, and great guitars too, right? Uh, but yeah, that was primarily, uh, yeah, the, that's what we were doing. We were just selling other people's stuff. But right. what I would do is, I guess what made CMC a little different is, you know, the, the beautiful thing about, you know, Jackson, Charvel, and Fender Custom Shops, their custom shops, during those time frames. I could build what pretty much whatever I want. So right. uh, I would dial in builds for the stores that only I would have. And um, yeah, and I kind of knew what metal players wanted, or at least I thought I did. And I guess enough people did as well that they bought the guitars mm -hmm. from me. And so I just built it. So I kind of got a name for myself doing that. Uh, but the transition to doing what we're doing now, we're starting to do our own guitars Honestly, guys, it's one of those things that I never really had any intention to doing it, mm -hmm. but 
it's more out of necessity um, because what I what I'm sure you guys see it out in the market right now. Prices have just gotten out of control yep. um, mm -hmm. from all manufacturers. Like if you want USA custom shop stuff, the wait times are horrible um, and you're paying through the nose. I know in 2000, uh, you know, in 2000, like, you know, 10, 2011, right. a black USA, you know, core made soloist street price was two grand. That same guitar now, you know, what, 12 years later or whatever, it starts at 41, right? Mm -hmm. And it goes up from there. Now, Jackson Charvel just put out some really cool USA stripped down lines, and they're beautiful guitars, you know, more in that mid-2000 range. But, you know, there's no custom options available in that price point. So if you want a custom guitar now, like, I'm seeing them up between five and $6,000. And yeah. Um, I don't know. You just kind of read. I think the market's starting to is if it's not there yet, it's going to reach a breaking point. So I started exploring, can I build something, you know, as good a quality, but for less money, you know, with all USA made. Right. And, you know, right. can we actually do this? So I set out to try to do it. Like, so I had a, you know, a, a local builder, who's, uh, he's young. I call him young. I'm, I'm 50, but he's like, he's in his mid thirties. He's not a kid, but, but yeah, he has his own paint booth, you know, building guitars and stuff like that. And, uh, so we just started kicking around some stuff together and, uh, yeah, we, uh, we're, we're just right now we're doing like Charvel S guitars. Right. Right. And, and I'm still a Charvel Jackson dealer and I stand by the stuff and all the other stuff, but, we're introducing this to kind of test the market. And I guess kind of my pitch, I guess if I had a sales pitch would be, is that it's, you know, it, it, one of the things I say before I give the pitch is one of the hard things with coming out with a guitar, a new guitar, nobody's played it. So they don't know what the hell right. it is. Right? They don't, what's it play like? So I'm kind of cheating a bit and say, and we're, we're basically copying Charvel pretty closely. Mm -hmm. The, the the feel of it right the neck profile and all that right, right. um so there's a familiarity and so i so somebody would say all right well why would they buy your guitar over charvel well we're gonna be a lot less funny but you're you can get it way quicker it's not a two three year wait you know ideally we want it like 90 days to maybe 120 at most right. uh, you can get all the custom paint jobs custom options we'll we'll do all that stuff but it's so like if you're nervous about playing one of these guitars, what, what I would say is or buying one, if you like Charvel and you're comfortable with a Charvel in your hands, this will fit like a second glove. Uh, but you won't have to pay through the nose. You'll get it faster. Uh, all the actually, I argue higher quality parts on it. Right. Uh, the best woods um, and just all around parts. And uh, we're. And it's cool because now I'm, I almost feel like it. I'm back doing what I did early in the early 2010s with Jackson Charvel when right. anything, you know, they'd build me anything, right? Right, right. Now I'm in that position where I'm, where we, him, or builder, we said, all right, what do we want to build? Right? Oh, let's try this pick guard, right? 
And now, you know, and again, nothing against Charvel Jackson. Right. You know, they've really choked off what you can and can't do. Especially well, do you for- see? Do you see yourself kind of taking the best of everything you see? Like I, I catch myself doing this once in a while. It's like all these people come in with ideas. In your case, all these manufacturers have these good ideas, and you can just make a compilation of all those, combine them together, and make that super guitar that that yeah. is in your mind. Oh yeah, totally, man. That's that's exactly, you know, you know, it's basically we're taking taking the culmination of all all the stuff I've figured out over the years, right? And what I like, what we don't like, and kind of putting all the best stuff into it, you know. Right. Um, it's really, uh, you know, it's a it, it's it's a cool position to be in. So we're still selling the Jackson Charvel, but sure. we built uh, five, uh, basically five prototypes. And they're all different, but they're all bolt-ons, but they all have their own thing going kind of. And, uh, and that's really the idea. Like we're, you know, we're going to be a true kind of custom shop where we're not going to do a run of, I'm not saying that we won't ever do it, but we're not going to do a run of 10 of the same guitar, right? We're, right. you know, e- each one is kind of its own dialed in thing, you know, um, yeah, and it's kind of cool, you know. I, yeah, I can show you some of the. Absolutely, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah. Dying you know, that's what you're saying. Kind of goes back to because you're, you're mentioning Charvel, so it kind of goes back to the the original spirit that made Charvel what they yeah. are, you know. Because those guitars were custom guitars, you know, and yeah. they were one of a kind. Each guitar that you would get probably in the late seventies and they really 80s. were, and again and. And to your point, Alex, they, it was born out of necessity because back then, yeah. you know, there was you had Les Paul and you had Fender. You know, you had Gibson and Fender, and there wasn't really an in between. And what that what Charvel did with Eddie and you know Wayne Charvel and those guys and Grover Jackson, they all they took the best components of it and basically made super strats, right? Yeah. Um, right. And and those super strats are still evolving to this day. Like I can show you. Now, I don't have everything. Uh, it's funny. These these aren't all put together yet, but uh, like this one right here is. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice. so that's the headstock, Ooh. right? Um, yeah. yeah, bird's eye maple. And this one's got a single. I put uh, an Ingve, uh in the uh, neck, which I love that pickup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on the back, I don't know if you can see it. I... I, I do use Adam stuff a lot, but I also yeah. found these claws that mount right to, they, they sit flush to the body. They're four times the mass of a normal claw. Right. So the tone transfer is just sick on these. Oh, um, and they, they lock in. Um, so, so you adjust the springs and then you lock it into the body? Yeah. Uh, well, they, they, they move. You can see that they move on the sprint. You see the, the okay, uh, move. Okay. Yeah, it moves. So you can pull it in and pull it back, but yeah. there's another plate that sits. Uh, I can't see. I'm like, there you go. There's another plate that sits on top and locks those in. I, got I am going to throw an FU tone big block on that because that, 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 that little wimpy block hurts my eyes, yeah. but yeah, but you got uh, to do it. Yeah. But we got the, our, our first prototype was a six, six, six. This one, it wasn't the very first prototype, but that you yeah. can see the back light, the devil face on it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, 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 it has very the nice. heavy, rolled, heavy rolled fret edges. Uh, and we're put, we're going to be putting the, uh, 
the bridge is going to float over uh, on top. It won't be slammed. Like EVH usually yeah. slams the bridges to the bodies. We're going to yeah. about a quarter inch up like a traditional USA. Yeah. So you get yeah. that right. neck angle, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, yes, nice. that's one of them. Like this one here. What, what is the body on that 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 guitar you just showed me? What was the wood? Is that like an the, alder body? We did, we did all alder to start. Alder, so okay. what they, all the guitars have in common, the first five that we did have alder bodies and uh, bird's eye maple necks. So this one is basically a Ferrari red. I don't have the bridge on yet. But uh, the pickguard is a carbon fiber pickguard. You'll yeah. see it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah so it's getting closer to the, uh, to the monitor, like I'm going to see better. Yeah. Right. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's, oops, shit. I just probably dinged that one. Um, but yeah, we have all kinds of, uh, yeah. Like this one is a uh, simple, that, I didn't, we didn't string this all up yet, but you can see one hum just. Yeah. Shred machine that I like the chrome yeah. hardware, yeah. And um, and the, the cool thing with this, too, like this black is and, and what the, the one of the fun things about this, I don't know if you a lot, this is a satin black, and I always mm -hmm. hate the satin black finishes that I usually see because they look gray, they got more of a grayish tint. And I was mm -hmm. my builder, I said, dude. All these satin black finishes I hate. I want a midnight. I want a black, a none so black. And right. this is the absolute, yeah. you know, black just, where the Charvel Jackson flat black is kind of has grace hints. But we can you can see I have a momentary kill switch put in here. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we can do we, you know, we can do these kind of cool things because we're doing small batch, you know, small runs. Um, this one is like an almond color. Ooh, look at that. Oh, hardware, yeah. Right. Two hum, you know, nice. oh, yeah. And this, uh, as you see, I don't have the nut on yet. And this was one of the, we were talking about it before we came on about the, yeah. the Floyd Rose nut <laughs> issue. It's going to be a nutless guitar. Yeah. Right. So yeah. We're, uh, yeah. So we got that. And then this one, this is kind of funny. This this finish was kind of interesting. When I show it to you, it's a blue, and my the blue did not turn out the way I thought it would look, and it had a kind of a sparkle in it, and the, I couldn't find a pick guard that I liked with it, and I wasn't sure about this guitar, but when I finally saw it, I was like, oh, I like it. So it's like a midnight. I don't know if you can kind of see the yeah. the sparkle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. put a perloid pick guard on it. I don't know why that's what mm -hmm. I had in my head before I saw it. That, that would look good on that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's you know it's cool, but we're yeah we're putting on the bridges and all that stuff, and then we uh, we're using uh, uh, all high quality components like the jacks are um, uh, they're special jacks that have contact points on all four points. You know how it's most pure tone? yeah the pure tone. I love those yeah, pure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because the contacts are solid. You know how you know even the, the even the Switchcraft they have that one little you know one little tab. Yeah, that's the only contact point. And you know sometimes it bends and it just goes in wonky. These have yeah. con four contact points around the the jack barrel, and yeah. it 
locks it just locks it in so you get a great connection um so we're, we're doing a lot of those types of things that the uh, compound radius on the fretboard just like charvel so you know it flattens out as you go up it's you know 12 to 16 inch radius uh we're putting all our yeah, there you go. Yeah, there it right is. There. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just put one of those on that Charvel EVH from last week, Alex. Yeah, and the, the oh, yeah, nice. and the we're using are the they're uh, Axe Labs, and they're actually yeah. they distribute for the pure tone stuff too. So they're yeah, yeah just, just great stuff. And so yeah, and I'll be putting uh, some of the Fu Tone upgrade stuff on this. I'll be using some of the blocks, the titanium inserts, and all that kind of good stuff. I maybe put some of the uh, noiseless spreads. I love Adam's uh, noiseless springs. Absolutely. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. which are, you know, it's funny, guys. You talk about guitar stuff, and I, I actually, you know, some I've heard some people poo-poo that kind of stuff. Oh, you can't tell the difference. I, I've A-B'd this stuff. Mm -hmm. I have the noiseless springs specifically. Where you really notice the difference is in um, – in one of my Jacksons, I did an, an AB. I didn't have noiseless springs, and the other one I put noiseless springs. So when I would like just played like an A power chord, you know, in the you know second position there, right? And you choke it down. What you'd hear, and what because I you know we all play in the high gain amps, and a lot of times I'm front ending the amp with like a max and overdrive, right? So you're pushing the front end of that amp. And the test I did is I would go, I would choke down on an A chord and just like bump, palm mute it. And then what I would hear is, boom, yeah. right? I hit the power chord, boom. What that was is sympathetic ringing from the springs. Right. So on that guitar, I just, you know, I, I uh, on the other guitar, rather, I, I put the noiseless springs and boom, that sympathetic ringing was gone. So when you're, you might not notice it when you're playing clean, but if you're playing at high volumes and you're front ending the guitar with, uh, you know, uh, you know, with a, with an overdrive pedal, especially you're going to get weird overtones yeah. when you choke off chords and notes and they, it comes through the pickups and you can actually, you can hear it in recording. So, yeah. so point being, you know, it's not snake oil, you know, it's yeah. the stuff, the stuff does make a difference, right? Yeah. Right. No, well, I, and I have there's two of my guitars and I, I immediately could hear, you know, the difference in the resonance of the guitar once, right. you know, actually um, Roger put in, I think, uh, noiseless springs in one of my guitars. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it makes the days of stuffing a spring full of foam or tubing or whatever to, to quiet them down. Yeah, they, they basically he puts uh, some foam to, uh, some foam material in the middle, and he does a special coating right, on right. springs. And uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, you still get uh, you still get the tone transfer, but what you don't get is the all the overtones that can happen, the ringing. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Well, and that, that's what drives, I, I mean, you and I know wrenching on guitars, you know, you'll get people that start hearing things and sometimes you try to tell them it's a springs and, and that they can talk themselves into it being something else in it's a springs, put noise oh, yeah. springs in it and it goes away. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and I did the same thing. I, I did it. Uh, this was in, in the earlier days. I had, I had bought a, a little EVH Wolfgang for myself and I had 
a Wolfgang that Adam had upgraded for a customer. And it was in here for a setup. And I did an AB with those. And one had a block and one had the, the factory block. And it was night and day. Oh, it's totally night and day. Yeah. So these, uh, like I said, we're not finished setting them up. So I'm going to be putting some of uh, Adam's uh, uh, FU Tone big blocks on these. And, and uh, yeah, so these guitars will be stocked and loaded. And we're, we're, our price point is going to be around like the 25 of the mid twos and, and, and around there. And uh, like I said, all made here in the USA with the, the German Floyd parts, all, all, you know, I got different. That's the other cool thing too, is I can put whatever pickups and I'm not, I'm not hog tied by anything. So, but these, I started off, I, I have a, a kind of a, a, I'm doing a bunch of different, uh, uh, yeah, Duncan pickups with this. And dude, I tell you what guys, I, uh, a pickup I'm really excited about. We put it in a prototype guitar, but I'm gonna, the next bunch of guitars I'm going to put it in these. I, I poo pooed it when somebody told me it was a JB, right? Yeah. JB Custom Shop with rails, right? So they don't have the poles, but the rails. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Oh my, I uh, put it into one. We, we're going to, we, I, I did lie. We are going to do a run of, cause I got, I got a bunch of walnut. Uh, we're going to do uh, like some natural walnut guitars, but we, we made one of them and it's, I don't have it here. It's actually over at the, uh, at the, the shop where we build them. Um, the, uh, we put it, the, this JB with the rails, it's a JB custom shop with the rails the Claire and it was in a walnut guitar and it, you know how we were talking earlier, how sometimes different combinations. I don't, I don't know if it was, you know, all the right things lining up on this guitar, but uh, you know, uh, my builder and I were like looking at each other going, Oh my God, do you hear this guitar? I was like, I got to order more of these custom shop pickups and we're going right. to use them and put them in. We were going to do some walnut guitars and see if we can, See if we can duplicate it, man. And that hopefully it's just not this guitar. You know, sometimes you get that guitar that it's. Uh, but yeah, the clarity, the the note bloom. Uh, I was just like, unlike anything I I had heard. I've played a lot of stuff, so I don't know if it was that. I'd never played a, a JB Custom Shop pickup with the rails in it before. Right. I didn't even know it existed. But uh, my builder Justin, he he's one of the cool things about having somebody like uh, my builder Justin. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he's, he's a, like, I'm a gear nut, but he's the next level. So he's always tinkering. He's like, got that, that Eddie mentality where, Oh, let me try this and see if it works. So it doesn't right. work. Okay. Yeah. He's all, always looking for different combinations of things and coming up with cool stuff. And that yeah. was one. Of so it was, um, uh, it's pretty neat. Now, are you thinking about doing active and passive? Uh, oh, yeah. We're gonna do it all, yeah. Yeah, nothing's off limits, right? We just, I just wanted to build the first, uh, you know, the the first few. Um, right. And the other thing too that we're doing, it's a, a little. I'm experimenting with it. These first five, we have the truss rod adjustment in the heel, which is kind of a pain in the ass, right? But I just, I don't know. I have a like. I know I own guitars that have the truss rod, rod wheel in the neck, but to me that just looks oh, the so wheel. Oh, the the wheel. wheel is I thought you meant take the neck off. It's like, oh. well, that's what I have. Well, unfortunately, on these five prototypes, because it's oh. a pain. But I have a. Well, you might know this trick. You can you can take the the bottom bolts out, back out 
the top two about halfway and cock the neck up, and it's a pain in the butt. But you can't do it if you have my luck. You can't do that. You have to literally take the neck off and beat yourself in the head with it, do the adjustment, and put it back on. Put back off. It's a pain. These first five prototypes, because I, I was just, I was anti wheel. I know a lot of guys like that, but, and it's highly functional. Like, I love it. I just, the look of it is just a little unsettling to me. So, I actually want your opinion. What I, I'm testing it, uh, I don't have it on one of these. It's actually on the walnut prototype. I'm actually doing it through the top at the skunk strike. That's what I'm thinking doing. Now you got the right there. Yeah. So I know mm -hmm. you got the floating nut though, but I'm thinking uh, uh, we built one guitar that has the adjustment, not a bullet, but you need to get a tool down in there. So we're thinking of shipping mm -hmm. the guitars with a tool and doing the adjustment from here. Yeah. Um, as opposed to putting the wheel. Cause I just, I don't know that wheel just, it's yeah. great, but you know, I know some of the old school guys hate the wheel because how it looks. So yeah. I was thinking of hiding it in there, right? But not putting the I hate the silver bullet like in the seventies. I don't like that look yeah. either. No, no. So, but having it, we're you know shipping it with a tool where you can just get down in there and boop. Yep, you know. absolutely. Yep. I like I'm that curious Steve, on those uh, the headstocks that you have on those guitars. Yeah, you were talking about your your first Fender that you have, which was a '70s Fender, and yeah. they had you know the the bigger headstocks, and so they say that that adds more to the tone. Have you, you noticed anything like with those guitars? Did you AP them as far as like with that? Because it looks like there's a little bit more wood on the top there. Yeah, there is more wood, and that's we. You know, it's kind of cool. We I don't know if you can see, but yeah. we did yeah. uh, we put uh, made in New Jersey up there. Yeah, right. I love it. Nice. I love, and love it. Awesome. Yeah, it does have a little bit more mass up here, and it and it does add to the uh, the tone. I, I have a bead stuff before, especially with the uh, the. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen this product. It's the goofiest, dumbest product I've ever seen. And you can fender sells them. I've never seen anyone use it, but it's this heavy weight that you can clip onto the top of your headstock. It's literally like, you know, like a tuner. Yeah. But right. picture something made out of brass. And the sole purpose of it is to give the headstock more mass. So the guitar rings more. And guess right. what? It does. But wow. it, it looks awful, you know, because it's, you know, it's just yeah. I, I, in the shop somewhere. Because I, I, you know, being a Fender dealer, I saw it in an accessory catalog and i'm like i'm gonna order nobody i've never seen one anyone buy one but i bought it just to, for the hell of it and yeah alex to your point I, I wouldn't have thought it but damned if it doesn't ring out more and um you know you can actually and if you put your hand on that on that brass thing you know that clips onto the you can actually feel the resonance coming through that you know feel the vibrations in it right yeah, it makes the guitar louder. And you know, Adam's going to watch this discussion and he's going to come up with something. <laughs> he should. Which is funny. headstock thing. It's funny. We were okay. talking about, and I, we, we may experiment with it, is burying some brass yeah. in the headstock, like cut out like a, and bury wow. some brass into the headstock and maybe make like a two sided coin in there. When uh, you did it on the back of a headstock, like a, uh, uh, and a yeah. brass inlay or something. 
we, 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 we've, we've kicked that around because like I said, I, 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 I wouldn't have believed it unless I, I tried it myself and a beat it. And yeah, Alex, yeah. When you have more mass up there, and especially if you put some brass up there, it, it well, just same concept of the big blocks, right? You can, you can feel the resonance, more, right? Just more tone transfer. You know? you know what? I, I like what you did also, as I, and I called it in one of the pictures earlier, is the Made in New Jersey. I yeah. Like that. I, I, you know, well, I, yeah. I like how uh, PRS is big on Maryland. Uh, you know, my little goofy thing is uh, when I wind pickups, I put them in, in a box and my, I put a sticker in it, Made in Stafford, Virginia. Like I love anybody it. knows where Stafford, Virginia is, but that's where I am. But it's cool. <laughs> you got to show some pride. You see the my logo is the devil head. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. Fight on the Jersey Devil. Yeah, made in oh, made yeah. made yeah. in Swamp, Jersey, right? And yeah, in the Pine Barrens. Because actually, our shop is in the Pine Barrens, so right. it's, it's actually in Jersey Devil Country. So yeah. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna play on that, and uh, we're we're looking to cater to largely to metal players, some of the '80s shred stuff, which I, I was always more. I was never into, I want to say never, you know, when you're 12, you know, you're 13, 14, 15, and it's the eighties, you liked some of the hair metal. Like I got into some of the, you know, I liked rat a bit, you know, I liked, I liked doc and I was never into like the poison and I like the stuff uh, with the edge. Right. Yeah. Alex, yeah. we're on the same page, but like yeah. rat that edge. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so there are bands like that, but so we're going to cater to some of the '80s shred stuff, um, and but and also maybe get in, you know, you know the the real heavy extreme metal is not often associated with bolt-on guitars like this, right. but we we might try to uh, come up with some stuff that's geared towards this, you know that that genre of playing because I know and understand it a bit, so we might try to create a cool bolt-on. Yeah, for some downtune yeah. stuff, you know. Do you see yourself you getting to the point? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you see? Oh, go ahead, Roger. I'll take this one, Alex. <laughs> no, no. Uh, do you see yourself getting to the point, like uh, on Kiesel's website, you could go in and go, "I want this body, I want this headstock," and you can build your guitar just like that, build and design, or design and build it. We've talked about that. We actually have a few uh, different ideas in that, you know. In that space, yeah, we're we're kicking around some stuff. What what we wanted to do first is we just want to make these first five ones and kind of like honestly, guys, this is the first time I'm really openly talking about them to anybody. I've teased a few pictures and people are like, "What's that?" But I really haven't, you know, yeah, like the head. I really haven't talked about it yet. So this is really the first time we're talking about it. But yeah, like I, it's. This is but this project has been going on for a year because we've been really trying different things and dialing things in. And I really thought these guitars were going to be done like eight months ago, but we we just keep switching things up a bit and all for the good. And yeah. then this last thing, we ran into the thing with the Floyd nuts with a the we had a bad batch of them, the, the German ones that they were high in the nut and uh, right. waiting on those to get. That's where really. Yeah, actually, the nuts that you you see on there are the ones that are a little screwed up. So right, hmm. yeah. I'm not sure if you mentioned this or not, uh, but what <laughs> type of fret are you guys using on the guitars? Oh. Yeah, we're using all all jumbo. These ones are nickel. 
<coughs> but we may go to um, we may do some stainless steel on some, right? But they're yeah, nickel jumbo. This sixty one hundreds. Yeah, right. You know, I I've become a, a big fan of the stainless steel frets and oh yeah, two guitars with them now, and I you know and you know Rogers worked on one of them, and I think you even noticed you could hear like the brightness and also just the uh, the, the feel, you know, like just being able to bend and you know the vibrato and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, do well, you find that like? That that took getting used to playing on those stainless steel frets, or did you um, warm right up to it? Maybe, maybe, maybe I think I warmed up to it pretty quick, but I maybe because it played itself in a sense, you know. Yeah, like that's what know, it's gonna. So I didn't have to fight it so much, you know. Yeah, well, that's I found when I first when I first played a stainless steel fret guitar, I found that I was over bending and stuff, over vibratoing stuff. Because, like you said, you don't need – like, it, it's almost like you're on ice. Like, that's kind of mm -hmm. what I, I say. Like, when you're bending, it's like you're almost like on an icy pond where there's oh, very yeah. little resistance on those stainless steel frets. You're just – you know, everything's easier. But so if you're used to having to work for it a little harder, you know, you could yeah. overdo it a bit. So I, I'm – but I, I love them. I'm with trying to get a darker sound that they kind of brighten that up a little bit. They do, uh, in my experience, they they they, yeah. they definitely sound a little brighter. But I think it's anything you can't dial out by, sure. you know, you know dialing your your high end back or your presence back a little bit on 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 an amp. But yeah, it's right. there. Well, let me ask you: Do you, I always hear because I don't, I don't, I'm not a builder, so I, um, uh, and nor do I work on the guitars, and nor would you want me to. But I know what I like. Do you get? Do you find stainless? I always hear the guitar techs bitch about working on stainless steel fret guitars, right? Because they yeah. tear up your tools, and you know. It is. Is that and I think well, I I think that uh, you know there there are some guys that will do refrets. I, I think that they'll uh, jack up the price just so they don't get the job. And, and I could be totally wrong in that. Uh, but I've heard a couple say that. Uh, but they, yeah, they're harder. They're hard on your tools. Um, you know, when you go with like tang nippers and things like that, you have to go with a different tang nipper. Um, oh. I found that out the wrong way when I first started doing refrets, uh, because I ruined one. Um, oh, I, yeah, it's hard material, but John Cruz from Old Fender, uh, Luthier, John Cruz, oh, yeah. and, I saw, and I saw him, you know, because he has his own uh guitar uh line now, and uh, he went belly up. Him, he was like, and he, yeah, and he's like, oh, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's man. a story behind that. Oh, but, but uh, I, um, uh, what was I saying? Uh, yeah. So he, he said in the interview, like, oh, there's a pain in the ass or something like that, putting the, the, the stainless steel frets in. Like he was kind of like not going down that road. You know, you know yeah, I think I, it's work on them. as far as like when you're doing a refret with those, because I did one not long ago on, uh, on just a strat uh, with a finished neck on it, which, the finished neck was a harder part of it. Um, but I think like when you're just doing work, like a fret level, I don't see much difference. Yeah. And maybe that's because I just don't know any better. Uh, but when you're trying to do the, the, uh, the front ends, you know, cutting them, you just need a different tool. They, they cut, uh, you know, Okay. Uh, but as far as like uh, what I see day to day, a lot of is stainless steel frets and, you know, a lot of spot leveling, taking care of uh, some high spots and things like that. 
maybe I don't know enough to know that they're harder. They, I mean, you use the file on both of them, so. And it works, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I do love the stainless steel frets. Uh, you know, they're, they're definitely, oddly enough, I don't own a, per, none of my personal guitars have them, but I always say, oh, I'm getting one, and it just never, never works out. You know, because yeah. what ends up happening is most guitars don't have them, so you almost have to special order it. And most of the guitars in my collection are typically guitars I never intended to, to end up getting, but they ended up, you know what I mean? I ended up getting it and keeping it, and I'm like, uh, but it doesn't have everything I want, but now I'm playing it. So, yeah, yeah. it happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so and it's uh, when do you plan on like do you, is there a time frame you, you uh, in the next 30 days? Uh that's that's the that's the plan. Um nice. you know we're going to kind of do a soft launch, you know what I mean? I'm not redoing the whole website yet. I'm just we're kind of easing into it. Going to try to get some of these into some people's hands and kind of build it slowly. Um, and see if we can get some orders for it. And see, who knows, man? If there's no interest in it, then you know I'll trash it. But uh, but I'm thinking. <coughs> my hopes are that you know the pr the price point in the mid twos for all all USA built all high end stuff uh, and a custom instrument, right? Mm -hmm. That is uh, you know you can dial in specs, paint jobs. You know uh, we're going to be having Mike learn do some. Uh, paint work for us too. You know, Mike is awesome. Uh, you know, some of his graphics, you know, for some of the eighties kind of cool stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, we're, you can't beat the bright price point. You're basically making a custom shop guitar for two thousands. Yeah. You can't, you can't get that. Any, you said that earlier. You, you can't, can't come near that anywhere. Just else. even like, like I bought, I, I bought all this. I have a whole crap ton of Walnut and this is beautiful. Claro, highly figured, uh, walnut that we have and th that walnut on a custom instrument you see probably four or five six thousand bucks yeah yep i own it already so i'm not going to price gouge people not that it's price gouging but i got a good right. deal on that wood so we're just you know we're going to keep even the walnut guitars in that kind of same pr price point if you know as long that's what i want to try to do is get like custom instruments for as long as i can at a, at a decent price point you know, but, but, you know, the funny thing is, and you guys probably know this just from, you know, Alex, from you being in the in the public eye, too. You're never going to please everybody. Right. So you're going to have some people that I know when I come to market, they're going to be like, ah, you could make I could I could go get a parts guitar and build that for nine hundred bucks. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, then do it. You know, Here's the other thing, you and I both know that you can go out and pull up YouTube and you could do a setup on your own guitar too, but nobody factors in the cost of all those tools you have to buy. Nope. <laughs> you can do it. But nope. Yeah. And then all the time and trial and error that yeah. goes into, you know, learning it and, and even like, our, our, you know, my, the, my builder, the guy that I'm partnered with, he's an experienced, uh, you know, builder and, you know, painter. Yeah, actually, he's a custom furniture builder by trade. Um, but even you know, having the paint booth and all that, there's still lots of stuff that, you know, you just you hit the little things and you're like, oh, I didn't think of that. Right. Yeah. You, you know, from, you know, all the stuff from neck angle to just it, it just it all, you know, it, it there's a lot to it. And uh, yeah, so it's 
Yeah, we like I said, we we came to the price point just because I think I, I know where these custom instruments like you know Sh Charvel's in the you know three, four, five, six thousand dollar range, and Jackson too. You know, right? ESP, you know, ESP with their custom instruments, they're beautiful guitars, but they're you know you know you just they're expensive, and but yeah. I get it, the cost of doing business is gone through the roof. So we're kind of eliminating the middleman a little bit, which is basically what I was with, you know, being a dealer. Right. And then, you know, to start out, we're trying to make some smart purchases with our woods and, you know, um, parts that we can try to keep it in that area, you know. Um, <clears throat> and, and then we're, we're going to do some cool things with you know, we're talking certificates of authenticity. We're going to like partnering with a pedal manufacturer to do some, you know, you know, how you, you front, we were talking earlier about front ending your amp with a, you know, max and overdrive or some type of overdrive. Yeah. So I'm talking to a couple of pedal manufacturers where you might do some custom artwork on a pedal that goes with the guitar, that, yeah. that kind of stuff like that, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah. <clears throat> and because, you know, we're, we want to be a custom shop. We can do it, right? And right. My, my hopes are to get guitars delivered in, you know, 190, 120 days from the time somebody orders it, you know. That's good. Uh, and maybe, maybe you can have these guitars at uh, NAMM next year. Yeah, that's we, we may work our, our way, uh, way up to that, you know. Um, we're, yeah, it's, yeah, all, all, anything's possible with this. So, our first thing is that we're going to see what kind of response we're going to get. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, there'll always be some haters out there, but they're, you know, but I know, I know what my level, what, what standards I have and what I would expect out of an instrument. And I ain't going to put my name on anything that I wouldn't play myself or I wouldn't be proud to put in your hands or anybody else's right. hands. Right. You know, so it's, mm -hmm. everything's going to be dialed in. They're going to be set up right out of the gate, you know, <clears throat> And uh, yeah, so we're yeah we're excited about it. Well, I, I think that uh, you know you you mentioned uh, the price point and 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 all and the the amount of time. Uh, I, I just uh, worked with a guy and built an acoustic. It took fourteen months, and it was pretty uh -huh. expensive. I don't think people factor all that in. Like this is what you're going to put out is a custom handmade instrument at a yeah. reasonable price. That that's incredible. I can't wait to see them. Yeah, me. Yeah, me too. We're really excited to. Uh, like I said we just had a. Yeah, but it's it's been a lot of stuff. Like we had this, this stuff with the Floyd nuts. The German Floyd nuts were off the mark a bit, and right. uh, yeah, actually had you know we, and we when we found it out, we talked to Floyd, and they're they're shipping us some new nuts, or we're waiting on those to come in. But uh, yeah, and then once they're done, the the guitars will be finished. So I, I should have them in my hands in the next two three days, and then we'll be you know, final assembling them and, you know, start take some pics and start talking to people about them. So we'll see. Well, I can tell you this and just the conversations before we went on tonight in this conversation, I don't see you losing and I don't have any doubt. These are going to be like hundred percent grade a, you know, pieces of work guitar that everybody's going to love. Man. That, yeah. That means a lot. Yeah. We're, we're excited about it, you know, and I, and we're excited to see where, where it goes, you know, cause we're, we're really, you know, we're going to cater to that, to the metal community. And that's really where I want to dial this in because there's, you know, you, you, there are some, you know, Charvel like guitar uh, companies out there doing some similar stuff, but I think we're going to be more 
you know, focus in on, on the metal community and, and, and some really some cool hot rod instruments, you know, that, and then, you know, maybe we'll get into, uh, you know, we have some other headstock designs. We're talking about doing some neck through stuff, but we're, we're going to kind of, you know, crawl before we walk, before we run That's and flies. That's start with yeah. bolt-ons first, see how they do. You know, it's a little easier to manage, right? Yeah. yeah so what's a good plan. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, that's that's super exciting stuff, Steve. I Absolutely. you know wish you all the luck with it. And you know, for me, knowing you, I I know what you look for in an instrument, and uh, and I I know it's going to be top notch. You know, if it's if it's. I appreciate that. Means a lot coming coming from, coming from you. Yeah, we have known you a lot of years. So uh, yeah, we've uh, yeah we we've put a, a bunch of different guitars through the ringer uh, together over the over the years. Sure. And so yeah. You know, you know, good instruments. So, yeah, I'd definitely love to get your take on them once, yeah, you know, once we get yeah. these done. That, yeah, Alex, man. that's our second road trip. Yeah, <laughs> I'm planning a road yeah. trip for us. Let's go here. Let's go. There. I'm newly retired, so I'm like, let's go here. Let's do this. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. That's that's really cool, man. Well, sure. um, I guess you know that pretty much will be about it, I guess. And uh, unless anything yeah, but, else, Roger, you want to you want to? No, I appreciate uh, you coming on. I really enjoyed this. I mean, all of these have been great. This anytime you get to talk about guitar nerd stuff, it's it's cool. Oh yeah, this is cool conversation. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I'll yeah, I'll I have one quick story I wanted to share with you guys when you talk about like tone. It'd be a quick one, but it was it, I found it really cool. Um, uh, yeah, Alex, you know Chris Canella. Uh, from he, he's a machine. Yeah, he used to be, yeah, and he was in DSI for a bit. Well, mm -hmm. I hope I'm talking out of you know out of turn here, but uh, but uh, he he was with Jackson Charvel for a while in EVH, and he was actually a lot of people don't know he was Eddie Van Halen's right hand guy uh, for product yeah. development. So he mm -hmm. would bring stuff over to Eddie's house all the time, right? Uh, prototypes and stuff like that, and Eddie would tell him what he liked, what he did, and all that kind of stuff. I'll never forget mm -hmm. this story that Chris told me, and it's I got to you know it's um, you know, give obviously credit to to Chris there. I don't know how many times he's told the story, but I found it fascinating. So he he w was went over to his house one day, and it's just funny to say, oh, I just went over to Ed's house. But so um, he went over there one day and uh, was bringing him some stuff, and Eddie had his in his living room had his touring rig set up, right? And so Chris was like, oh man, he's like. You mind if I plug into it? Because because Frankie was sitting there. It's just everything. It's just like so. Chris is like Eddie was like, oh yeah, sure, dude. He's like, have at it. So Chris is a phenomenal player. I don't you know I don't know if you know, but he's just phenomenal. Oh yeah. So you know, the way Chris is telling me the story, he's like, oh, I'm in there ripping up my my favorite Van Halen licks and right, and he's like, he's just kind of look. He's like. I says he's like I kind of felt disappointed. I'm like looking and the guitar my playing is like I look at Ed. I'm like, this doesn't sound like you, right? <laughs> and, Ed, and Ed and I never forget what Chris told me. Ed holds up his hands. He's like, because I'm me and you're you. He's like, you yes. sound like you. I'm like me. And sure enough, Ed picks up his guitar through his rig and boom, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, sound, right. And that's the most important thing, I think, you know, yeah. in, in, uh, out of anything is identity as a guitar player. Yeah. And, and you know, that goes beyond skill, you know, I, I think, you know. And it goes identity. beyond 
Yeah, man. You're, and it goes beyond the instrument. Like I know we're here talking about cool gear and stuff like that, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you put Eddie on a cheap $200 guitar, you know, and yeah. it's going to be him. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, yeah. that, that's yeah. happened with a couple of guitar players. That's happened with him. They did it with John Mayer playing a Epiphone through a little practice amp, and it sounded like him. It, yeah, there was Eddie Van Halen's done it. So yeah, you know, I, I I had the pleasure of meeting Eddie a few times. Actually, thanks to Adam, Adam at Fu Tone, because I was a dealer yeah. for EVH, and he he's he was business partners with Eddie, and at Nam, like uh, Adam would, you know. Eddie was around. He, he'd always bring me by and uh, was lucky enough to get to hang out with him a couple different That's occasions. Cool. Um, he actually, and actually Eddie heard me play one time. Uh, I know the story. You know, That's not intimidating, that. is it? That story was insane, man. It's just, yeah, it's, that, that was a classic. Um, yeah. It completely caught me off guard. Um, but uh, yeah, it, but he, he was always a gentleman and just, uh, yeah, you know, any, the times that I met him, he couldn't have been cooler. But um, yeah. That's cool. yeah. Did he approve of your plane? You didn't say. <laughs> oh well, yeah, well, here's here's. I'll give you the quick story. Now we're running over, but it's 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 kind of funny. Uh, early on in them, this is before Adam had ever introduced me to uh, Eddie, right? So this is I had not met him yet. <clears throat> yeah. So um, the way that Nam. Um, being a Jackson Charvel Fender dealer, they would have a dealer event. NAM starts on a Thursday and runs through Sunday. They would have a dealer event on Wednesday night. So dealers would come in, and that the Charvel Jackson Fender Custom Shop, um, and Al, you've been there where they have the whole that whole area. There's just all all FMIC products are in that area, and so they put out all the custom shop guitars, and they have a Chinese auction. So. With the dealers, so there's probably like two, three hundred guitars. Like, and I, as a dealer, if I want this particular guitar, I go up and put my business card on it, right? Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the night, they close it off, and then they they go off, take all the cards off each guitar, put them in a basket, and whoever they pick gets first right of refusal you know, to purchase the guitar, right? So, right. long story short. This is the end of the night. It was one of my first NAMs, so I was all giddy, right? You know, like, a, so, and I had customers who I was bird-dogging for. So, uh, they wanted to see which guitars are these Jackson one-offs and these Charvel one-offs that I got, right? So, everybody had cleared out, right? <clears throat> so, Eddie was supposed to come by and start to that dealer event, but he didn't show up. And everybody's kind of disappointed, right? So the whole place was cleared out. It was like probably 10.30, quarter to 11, you know, just security guards kind of walking around. But I'm going around. The guitars are still hanging. I'm taking pictures, texting my customers. I'm like, oh, let me try this guitar. So I, there was a Jackson baritone that actually had uh, one of the first uh, – no, they had lace, these lace, lace bucker pickups in them. And it was uh, a Pablo Santana built Jackson. I was like, oh, this is really cool. It was a baritone. Right. I was like, I'm going to hear what these, I'd never seen these pickups before. They're funky looking, different colored, almost like the Fishman's, but a yeah. little, little different. So the nearest amp was across the way, uh, across the, the floor in, uh, in Eddie's booth, but which was now empty. There was nobody there. So there's EVH 5150 amps. So I walk over and I, I sit down and you know, the, you know how these trade shows are. They have the booths mm -hmm. and, I was facing the back of the booth 
sitting down just playing again. Ten, and I'm thinking I'm going to get kicked out any minute, right? And right. security guard's going to come and say, "Hey, dude, time to leave." Yeah. So, so sure enough, like I'm sitting there jamming and playing. I hear from behind me. He's like, he's like, "Oh, you're pretty." He's like, "You're pretty good, man." He's like, and and I'm thinking it's a security guard, and he's like, "You're signed, right?" And I said, "Oh yeah." I, I and I have a I have a rule: fake it till you make it. So act like you belong. And so I didn't turn around. I'm like, yeah. I, so he said, oh, you're signed. And I said, yeah, yeah. Where's my royalty check? And I kept playing, right? Never turned around, right? right. So about three minutes later, uh, I'm like, all right. We heard, got to hear the guitar. I stand up and I turn around. And there's like an entourage of people about yeah. 15 feet behind me. And there is a security guard behind me. Right. right about he was about five feet behind me, and the entourage was maybe another 10, 15 feet behind out uh -huh. in the walkway uh, outside of the booth. And the security guard looks at me, he's like, Dude, do you know who was listening to you play? I'm like, No, he said, Who's Eddie Van Halen talking to you? I'm like, I, I should have recognized the voice, but it was, I it, it didn't, you know, yeah. yeah so yeah. It, Eddie, he told me, He said, Wow, man, you're good, and he, and he said, You're signed. And I said, yeah, where's my royalty check? That's how I responded to him. See, he was trying to hire you. Yeah. I yeah. never turned around. You blew but, your yeah. chance of being in Van Halen. Yeah. Well, like three years later, Adam, like I was at NAM, and Adam took me and introduced him, and I told him the story. And he, I don't think he remembered, but he was, it was, that made my night. Like it cool was, story. it was a very cool story. Like Eddie, it's sad that I don't think I was playing any Van Halen because it was a baritone. It was like a 27-inch scale that Pablo had built. So it was yeah. an oddball guitar, right. but it's yeah. kind of brutal. And, yeah, yeah Eddie, I had an audience with Eddie. And I don't know how he, was, he said he was standing behind me for a couple minutes. And, That's you funny. know, but he, he would go in there to check out his booth. He wanted to see what, it, what the setup was going to be like for the right. week. And he was supposed to come in earlier, but he had his wife with him and there was like, Right, a bunch of other people, but yeah, that was that was kind of cool. Story. Not everybody can tell that one. No, no, yeah, no. no, no that, All that, right, that, Alex, that. I'll stop asking questions now. I'm just fascinated. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah. No, no, no we have amazing. no time limit. We're good. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny you're bringing up uh, Chris Canella's. So Chris Canella was my original uh, rep for ESP. Oh, really? Uh, this guitar right here is the first guitar. Yeah. Then from thank from you, Chris Canella, actually one yeah. of the best sounding guitars I can too. Is that no, Chris is he? You know. Oh, they don't. No, no, not this guitar. No, that's so, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Chris is great people. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I I think I saw yeah I saw him uh, a few months ago maybe in Florida I think. Yeah, he's he's living down in Florida now. He's 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 with Dean, and um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't I haven't seen him in a few years. But uh, when he was with Jackson Charvel, he would uh, he'd come by the shop a few times. When he was in the area, he'd sw swing in, and I'd catch him out at Nam or when I'd go out in the factory. Uh, but yeah, he, he's a, a, always a class act, and I always loved hearing his Eddie stories. You know, because he was oh, yeah. yeah, he was in the belly. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. When I, it's funny when he told me like. He told me he was leaving EVH to go. I think he was going over to ESP. That's where he went next. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, dude, do you hear what you're saying? 
you're Eddie's right hand man and you're leaving that job. Right. Yeah. It's just like, I can't even fathom that. Like, but, but it was a good move for him and you know, he'd, you know, it, it all worked out, but uh, it, I just found that I was like, dude, that's you, you're leaving a job that others, most people could only dream of, you know? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Well, um, Thank you, Steve, for coming on, man. It's yeah. been, you know, an absolute blast having you on. And, and yeah, dude. You know, like, I, I always like having our conversations, and except for now, we're we're on for everybody else to hear. You know. Yeah, 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 uh, dude. I always <laughs> love hanging out with you, man. It's we always have a good time when we, when we do. Uh, so yeah, yeah. next time I'm really, you know, um, I'll have to take care of you, get you on the list, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Oh, dude, you guys crushed it at the that last time, man. When you guys. Uh, uh, I didn't see you the last time you were there. I, cu I couldn't go out that night, but the, the time before, uh, my God, dude, you guys, you, the, the, the last album was great. And yeah, I just uh, been a huge fan forever. So, and uh, yeah, no problem. And, 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 and dude, I still spin your ruinous album regularly like well, that. Well, we got a new one. We got a new one coming. So. Oh yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Looking forward to that. A bit of a break, but. Yeah, oh yeah, it's what it's been like what 10 years or not that long, yeah. but well, yeah, close to I mean what happened was we put out that album and we had all these plans. We're gonna go out and do this and do that, and then I wound up joining in you got the call for yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just came to a halt, you know, for, for quite a few years. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I do I'm definitely looking forward to uh another one of those albums. That was a great album. Yeah, man. Cool, man. I'm glad you like it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh yeah. Um you know, like I said, um, everybody look out for CMC guitars, these uh, new custom shop guitars that uh, Steve is making. And also, you know, he, like you said earlier, he's uh, a dealer for, you know, Fender Custom Shop, Jackson, Charvel. He's got all top notch instruments there. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so look out for his stuff. And uh, also nice the Genesis. Too. I think you got yeah, anything coming up with that. Uh, we we're playing down actually in Delaware at the at the uh, what the hell is it the Wilmington uh, the, the grand uh, the grand ballroom in Wilmington, and then we're okay. we're also going to have at the Scottish Rite in Collingswood in in June. Uh, yeah, we're we're wrapping up doing the 1980 tour, and then next fall we're starting a new round. We're going back to 1976. And doing that first tour where Phil Collins came out from behind the drum kit. So yeah, it's if you're into that old hobby stuff, yeah, check it out. The Genesis Show or on Facebook, and you know, and then uh, the guitar stores, you know, cmcguitars.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. So yeah, yeah man. there you go. Awesome. Drop by and see. All him. right, thanks. Thanks, guys.